0: Hey Zach. Hey Stephen.
1: So Zach, China teleported. Yeah. What? <laughs> Where to? Well, it teleported information to a
0: satellite. Neat. That's how. How does that work? I no one thought knows. Teleportation it's magic. Was impossible and illegal.
1: <laughs> um. Well. There's this thing called quantum entanglement where you can transfer information instantly without any um, lag, per se. And okay. basically what you do is you take two photons and you quantum entangle them so that their polarity is now connected to the other one. And then you change one of the photons' polarity, and then it will change the other one no matter how far it is
0: away. Do we know why? I don't. Or just... <laughs> Quantum. Quantum. And then you wave your hands a little bit.
1: Magic. It's magic. Anyway, um, but China broke a world record, actually, in how far they've been able to do it, which is 12,000 kilometers, which is... So they put one photon on the ground and one on a satellite. Okay. And they're actually planning to do more satellites in the next five years. And then they're going to have an array of satellites that can transfer information instantly. Wow.
0: But, okay. That's teleportation, I guess. I I was just thinking, like, oh, but that that doesn't work with the uh, speed of light. You don't care about the speed of light when you're teleporting. Yeah. (laughs) um,
1: It is definitely faster than the speed of light. However, it is... Nothing's actually breaking the speed of light. It's just that the two photons are connected and the information that is shared between them is transferred instantly.
0: So the information is breaking the speed of light.
1: Yeah, but information's not a thing. It's just some... Information. Yeah, it's... Nothing's actually going faster than the speed of light. It's just that two photons are switching polarity instantly based on the other one's polarity.
0: Okay, that's neat, and I don't entirely understand it.
1: Nope, I don't think anyone does, actually.
0: I, I saw in the article they were saying something about Quantum internet, how would that work? That would be awesome is how that would work. Basically, we'd all have a little photon
1: inside all our computers. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Is the answer to your question. But if we could get it to work, it would be awesome because what you could do is have a internet with no ping time. So those couple hundred milliseconds that take that it takes from your computer to the server and for the server to send something back would be gone it would be instant now
0: and because there's nothing in between there'd be nothing to intercept right so it would be yeah instantaneous secure communication
1: yeah you wouldn't even really need encryption because there's no huh. middle for there to be a man in
0: you'd probably still want to have encryption keep it around well, yeah, still I being mean, stored places
1: yes but in the transfer of information it's now no longer necessary if you can get quantum encryption uh quantum entanglement to work internet scale quantum entanglement. Honestly, the only thing way I th- can think to get it to work is that you would have a, a photon in your computer one or two maybe and then you would entangle that with your ISP and the ISP would have several thousand photons and then those photons would be entangled with other ones in servers because you can't be expected to have a quantum, quantum entangled photon for every server Mm-hmm.
0: Huh? It'd be quite. But w- but then then you would want encryption because then the ISP could yeah figure out what you're sending through. They'd have to. Yeah,
1: right. But you actually wouldn't need them because you could just go up to Billy and be like, "Hey, Billy, you want to entangle our computers and get a little intranet?" <laughs> but you could have an intranet from across the world with no ISP. Awesome. Yeah,
0: it's actually really cool. So, how'd you find out about that?
1: I was like, I want more topics for the show. So, I went on Scientific American and started looking for interesting stuff.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So, you didn't, like, it didn't pop up in a news feed or something?
1: Funny you should ask, Zach. (laughs) Because I have stopped letting the news come to me. And what I mean by that is there's no feed of news anymore i have to go actively seek out news because frankly i wasn't getting all that much enjoyment out of it and i felt like to be well versed on an issue it takes more than listening to a few podcasts anyway Mm -hmm. so i couldn't really be informed about anything
0: just mildly informed about a lot of things yeah
1: i've stopped listening to all the news podcasts so no tech news no politics the only thing i've kept is uh Movie related news and security related news because I like to be updated on that kind of stuff. Yeah, those are the things that I looked forward to every week, and that was my criteria.
0: Mm-hmm. So on um, in other things, like I know I get a lot of my news from Twitter. Are you? Uh, I'm s- actively culling people who post more news articles, or
1: uh, nope, I'm not actively unfollowing them or anything, but I'm not looking into the things they're posting if they if it doesn't intrigue me right away. Some things did intrigue me, though. For example, net neutrality.
0: Yeah, I was also intrigued by net neutrality. And it it was brought up in a lot of ways. I got emails and stuff about it, and different websites and it would pop up and say, Oh, God, this website has been blocked for whatever reason. And then you scroll down a little bit, and it says, Just kidding. But that's what it would say if... Net neutrality isn't enforced. Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. All right, continue. The idea is there. Anyway, probably the most unusual one that popped up was Tinder. (laughs) I uh, have been using Tinder a little bit recently, and on that day that they did the big net neutrality push, I opened up Tinder, and the first one for me to match with was the internet. And if you matched with the internet, it would pop up with a little message that said, Hey, by the way, if you like the internet, please save it from all these evil ISPs and the FCC and the guy whose name I can't remember who runs the FCC.
1: Hmm. Uh, Yeah, another site that I noticed was taking sides in the debate was Twitter, actually. And
0: I'm not very okay with that. In what way was Twitter taking sides in the debate?
1: Uh, Okay, so they had their hashtag, the hashtag net neutrality, and then they had a loading symbol. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely taking sides on the argument, because it's saying, hey, if net neutrality isn't enforced, then there's going to be a lot of this. The spinning, the spinny little wheel. Yeah. So they definitely took sides, in my opinion. And I get why Google and Stack Overflow and Tinder, they can all, they can, they can take sides. So because Twitter's a platform... I think it's less okay for them to take sides on an issue where you would be debating on that platform.
0: Okay, but Twitter's also a company that needs to make money, and I think they're trying to argue that they wouldn't be able to do that as well. Sure, maybe without but that, enforced net neutrality.
1: But the their whole platform is built around you can say pretty much whatever you want as long as it's not um harmful, you know, as long as it falls within the realm of free speech. And because of that, it feels bad for them to take sides.
0: But just to clarify, they aren't not letting you put a message out there that's, in, yeah. uh, that's opposing that neutrality.
1: Yes, but they've set a precedent at this point to discriminate against their users that tweet an opinion that is not in line with Twitter's opinion. And in the future, they could conceivably do the, that.
0: I think that that's kind of a slippery slope argument
1: uh yeah yeah it is actually and i'm sticking with it
0: okay (laughs) um that's entirely your prerogative you could go on twitter right now and tweet about it and they they wouldn't hashtag slippery slope with like a big angry sign um
1: but they could at this point because they take they're taking sides on an issue they could put a little angry face next to my hashtag
0: yeah i also though for bigger issues Twitter makes the little custom emojis for hashtags. Yeah, but they or bigger events. They usually
1: use if there's two sides to an issue, like the Super Bowl, say, then mm-hmm. they put a who who won the Super Bowl? I don't even know. I okay. Well, they put
0: the Patriots.
1: Uh, Patriots and uh Panthers.
0: <laughs> I don't think there's a Panthers football team, but I'm not. Entirely oh, there's definitely sure. is. I don't. Uh, whatever. Who cares?
1: But okay. they had. But they would have. Two hashtags, one with a Patriot head and one with the other football team's head.
0: So you would tweet hashtag pro net neutrality and then it'd be like a big thumbs up?
1: Or or yeah, it would be like a little loading symbol or and then anti-net neutrality would be yeah. like a dollar sign or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's still taking sides.
1: Yeah, you. I know, but it would have to be positive both ways or not at all. That is my opinion. They should give equal opportunity hashtag emojis
0: all right so steven what's the positive hashtag emoji for net neutrality what's the the positive thing that net neutrality or that uh taking away net neutrality will give us
1: okay uh deregulation in so that uh <laughs> isps can make more money i that's the only
0: <laughs> just a, a big state's rights yeah state's rights uh, symbol after yeah the, the states anti- rights emoji. yeah i i did see one interesting article actually on twitter i don't think it was hashtagged with net neutrality even um of someone who i believe works at some different isps and wireless companies coming out in opposition to both sides of the argument
1: sounds like Uh, they're looking for attention
0: potentially they didn't have ads on their website or anything so i don't think so i think they were just fed up with some Faulty arguments that they posited that people were making, and I read it, and it didn't all quite stick because I'm not entirely familiar with both sides of the issue. Um, But one thing that he did mention was that if we care one way or the other about proving that this does or doesn't work, we shouldn't jump into making big sweeping policies immediately, and instead perhaps try testing this in particular locales, Hmm. which I thought was an interesting idea. That is a good idea.
1: Just yeah, just see what happens, and. And honestly, even if the... See, what I'm imagining is having... Well, I guess... I don't know what I'm imagining. Maybe, like... Did we ever actually er-
0: explain what net neutrality is for people who...
1: Uh, we should probably aren't do Aren't aware. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we are 10 minutes into this, we're going to actually <laughs> explain net neutrality. So, basically, it's the idea that um all... uh the Any internet service provider has to charge the same amount for each type of server in each each server that is on that is using its service Mm
0: -hmm. so the idea is that all data coming through the internet is treated equally by isps
1: yeah so they can't charge netflix more because it uses more of their bandwidth
0: and they also can't favorably do something uh make the speed better for net neutrality or god (laughs) And they can't just make the speed better for Netflix because they paid more than Hulu.
1: Yeah. And what that would mean for the little guy would be... For you and me, Zach, who don't have a server running, what that would mean Mm -hmm. would be actually really awesome for us because the services that we love and the services that have more money can be faster. Except...
0: But I like... Vid, vid.io yeah. which is a new upcoming video streaming service. That's my favorite video streaming service, Steven.
1: Yeah. So if you like vid.io, then
0: I I don't know if that's an actual website. I should probably check.
1: If you like totally not vid.io.
0: Oh, it it is, but it's it's nothing bad. It's just weird.
1: Nothing bad, just weird? What do you mean?
0: Well, it, it's like time to improve your YouTube SEO.
1: Oh. Well, okay, so if you like uh, daily motion over YouTube, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. then that is bad for you, because daily motion can't afford to pay what YouTube can pay.
0: And so because they're already kind of in a lower market share, they have less money to spend to gain market share.
1: Yeah, so any small businesses are out of luck, any big businesses will have to pay more. Generally bad for businesses. Except for ISPs. ISPs make a lot of money.
0: And bad for consumers who want something other than the winner. Yeah. The current main thing.
1: A lack of net neutrality will eventually lead to internet monopolies, is the main argument, I think. Mm -hmm. And monopolies we've decided are bad. Yeah. All right. But yeah, there's a lot of propaganda both ways. Um, Mm -hmm. And net neutrality is the enforcement of making all information. Neutral, treating it the same way. Yeah. All right. So, pro net neutrality arguments are it cuts down on monopolies and that it is better for big, small businesses and the consumer because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anti net neutrality arguments include deregulation, which is, which is a Basically, valid argument. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's uh pro capitalism, I guess. Just let just let it play out. If if consumers really care about net neutrality, then they'll then the ISPs will be neutral.
0: Oh yeah, that'd be great. Except I can't choose which ISP I use.
1: Yeah, me either. Because I live in rural Wisconsin and I live somewhere
0: where they buy it in bulk.
1: Yeah, for whatever reason, uh, capitalism just doesn't work for ISPs.
0: <laughs> um. Well. It... I think, I think a part of it is that they all started as one company and then they were like, that's a monopoly. We got to split y'all up. And then they split them up and they kept working together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah.
0: Last episode, you talked about, uh, milk lattes that you were making in your own little homebrew recipe. And I had asked if you knew if it would work with other milk products, um, and so I went out and bought some almond. I don't remember if it was actually called almond milk. I think so. That w- that would have been a good thing to talk about, what with the Dairy Pride Act and all. Um, Come on. Zach. Anyway, I tried I tried the recipe with almond milk, and it worked just fine. It is it is definitely almond milk. Um, it same same basic thing. It froths up at the top, and you can filter it out. I only got a chance to try it with one brand of almond milk because I don't have infinite money to be spending on milk research for this podcast <laughs> uh, so this is not a thoroughly researched recommendation but i used new barn barista almond milk which was uh, oh. created in tandem with professional baristas to develop a rich texture and smooth mouthfeel
1: oh all
0: right <laughs> well then but it, it works well for making tea so i'm a fan all right Here, here's a story for y'all. Yesterday, I had work. It was scheduled at 7.30 in the morning. I went to bed at like 10, 10.30. Fairly reasonable time. I woke up at 5.45 because my alarm went off early because it's set to go off at my own movement, but I'm in a bunk bed. So my bunkmate's movement also sets off my alarm.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Um, I like set it to wait until 6 fell back asleep and then at 8am my roommate's alarm started beeping
1: oh no which was
0: not the goal no so i made it into work uh it turns out that the event i was scheduled for didn't start for another hour after i walked in the building so i got really lucky
1: <laughs> i'll say but
0: i would like for that to never happen again if i can help it
1: that would be nice how are you going to do that
0: I don't really know. There's a couple of things that I can definitely point to and say, keep me up later. Uh, the biggest culprit probably being when I'm talking with people and then my phone says, it's time to go to bed. And then my clock says, hey, it's 10 time to go to bed. And I keep talking to people mm. because conversations are fun. They're nice. Sure. Just not good for my sleep. Uh, another one is I try to have a habit of journaling at night and that ends up. I'll think, okay, I need to go to bed now and then take up my journal and write for another chunk of time and then get into bed, which is less the problem. Keeps me up less, but still not great.
1: Yeah, right.
0: So I think I just need to make it my top priority. More than all the little side projects I've been doing, sleep needs to be the thing that I'm doing. Hmm.
1: Okay. That is Do you s- have a any low-tech solution, and I like it. When we were talking that morning that you were were late, I was thinking, okay, Zach's going to like change his lifestyle here and make major changes to try to fall asleep better or faster or wake up better or maybe get like a super like a weird alarm that will. Yeah.
0: I mean, the, the thing is, I already have that. I already have an alarm that I need to hit my phone on a physical object to turn the alarm off. And apparently that didn't help.
1: Well, when, you, when your roommate woke up your alarm, how did you turn it off?
0: Oh, uh, When he woke it up at 5.45, I just put it on snooze to go back off at 6 when it was actually set for, because I so, needed those extra 15 minutes.
1: Why didn't you? Why didn't it go off again? Or did it?
0: And it you, did. And you just slept through it? It did, and I somehow turned it off without being conscious.
1: Yeah, that's an issue.
0: Like, I have... You usually I can sort of remember like I got up and I slouched over to the tag that I've gotta hit it on and then I sat back in bed for a little bit and then I'm waking up to another alarm. But it I don't know that I've ever had it happen that I just do not remember turning off my alarm. So you op- Since I You opened a door, walked no, no, you didn't open a door. No, the tag stays in my room. Okay. Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking uh, of my, more, my issue is.
1: I, I know, I know, it's not your issue, but I'm just thinking of more solutions so that you don't have to change your lifestyle because <laughs> that's just the way I am. <laughs> it's I'm not the problem; it's the tag that's the problem. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's true. But no matter where I put the tag, and I, my issue is not waking up. I can do a lot of different things to get myself to wake up better. My issue is that I need to actually get sleep too. Mm. And I can't do that if I'm waking up at 6 and going to bed much later than 10.
1: Right. Okay. Hear me out, though. I just need to sleep. Okay. So, before you go to bed, get yourself an IV, like a little little injection tube. Okay. Okay. And hook up your alarm to a caffeine drip. All right. You wake up naturally, and you feel awake when you wake up.
0: (laughs) Every morning.
1: Well, yeah.
0: (laughs) Doesn't... Don't, don't, isn't, isn't there a fall off at some point of how much caffeine affects you? Just keep increasing it. Keep, keep having the dosage? Yep.
1: Until that you have like a few weeks where you don't have to get up and then just don't use it at all. Sleep forever and then continue using that. it when you,
0: <laughs> sometimes when I like had classes in the morning and I didn't get to bed at a good time, I would pre-make coffee and just have it sitting next to my bed. Ooh, so when I woke up, I could awful. turn off my alarm chug cold coffee and get in the shower because there was no other way I was waking up.
1: Oh, no. All right.
0: That would... It worked.
1: Yeah, I guess. Do you have, like, a mini fridge you could, like, make iced coffee and put it in there?
0: Yeah, but the goal was to have the smallest amount of uh, interference between me and the coffee.
1: And a refrigerator door is too much? <laughs> too much. Oh, gosh. Okay. Eh, I mean, I guess it makes sense.
0: Plus, having the coffee there kind of serves as a reminder to myself that i need to do something different and actually wake up right like if i put the tag in a different place not necessarily just that the tag is in a different place but also the fact that something is different right when i wake up yeah kind of kicks me into gear
1: the Leviathan chronicles is an audio drama created by christoph laputka i think And it's in the form of a podcast, and it's just a really awesome story that abruptly stopped putting out episodes in 2013, which Mm. you'll notice is before I started listening to podcasts. (laughs) So what happened was I stumbled upon this awesome little podcast and was like, okay, cool. He said he wants to put out 50 episodes, and he's only at 37, so I bet he's still making more. Cool. So I started listening. And I finished it, and I'm like, there's still 37 episodes. They haven't made any since I started listening. And then I looked at the date. It was 2013. <clears throat> this was 2015, tw- 2016 maybe. And I was kind of disappointed because they they stopped in like a crucial part of the story. Huh. Um. And I was like, what happened? Because I looked on their website, there was nothing really like going on. So, but they just released an update saying that Leviathan will be coming back to at least finish the series. Huzzah! Yeah. Um, Did they say why? Yes. The creator and author, I'm pretty sure, um, mm-hmm. his wife uh, died of cancer. Oh. And, yeah, he needed a break, which is very understandable. Yeah. But he does say that in in memory of his wife who died, he will be finishing it. And that he has visions for Beyond Leviathan, which is very exciting to me because he is an awesome ar- uh, awesome author. And the whole thing is very, very fun. Um, If you're at all interested in an awesome story told through podcasts, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's.
0: I guess I should check that out. Yeah, it's worth
1: it. Um, He didn't give a time frame, and I'm assuming that's because he doesn't really know yet and doesn't want to give anyone, doesn't want to get anyone's hopes up about when it's going to be out. So uh, I'm not going to re-listen to anything until... After he puts out the the first of the new episodes mm-hmm. because, yeah, that because I don't want to forget again. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm really excited for that because it really was an awesome story.
0: Uh, All right. I'll, I'll go check that yeah. out.
1: Leviathan is actually unintentionally what made me want to quit basketball. <laughs> because what? I used to play basketball in high school and I stopped my junior year after my junior year. And it was the summer between my sophomore and junior year that I decided that I didn't like basketball anymore. Why? Because that was the summer that I was listening to Leviathan and I... How are those related, Stephen? So what happened was I was listening to Leviathan at this basketball tournament over the summer and I was sitting warming up listening to Leviathan and realizing that I would rather listen to a podcast than play basketball.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right, that's and
1: then I was like, maybe I don't like basketball. I'm going to finish this year and be done. And honestly, that was probably the best year of basketball for me because it was like uh yeah, I'm just here to be in shape and hang out with friends. I don't actually care about basketball. Mm-hmm. And it made yeah, it just made it easy to not have to be worried about improving because I wasn't playing anyway. <laughs> And I wasn't planning on playing, you know? It was... So, moral of the story is, know when to give up.
0: <laughs> I guess. Or, at at points, find find whether or not you're still interested in the thing you're doing. Yeah. So, uh, earlier in the week, I was on YouTube going through some some of my many backed-up videos. And one of them that I watched was about... A musician who does many, many tracks at a time, and as he's doing all of these different tracks, some days he'll just sit down and record all the guitar riffs for each one of them. And then the next day he'll do all the drum beats and move on like that, and it reduces the setup and it kind of keeps him in guitar mode for all of the day. Right. And I do do a lot of different things. Uh, Many, many balls in the air, I suppose, would be one phrase. But uh, they're not always exactly the same. I can't group them by, oh, this is all the stuff I need to code for. Because usually if that's the thing, that's the entirety of the thing. It's not that a project is a little bit coding and a little bit recording audio. So I decided to start grouping my projects by what mode I have to be in to do them or what mode I could be in. So ideally, everything would be in what I call airplane mode. Where I could do it entirely disconnected from everything else. I could just sit down in a room somewhere with my computer and my Kindle and a notepad and get this task done.
1: That seems impractical. Why? Because you have access to the largest database of human knowledge ever. Yeah. Called the internet, just for clarity. That's
0: true. I I do have the internet. It's not quantum yet, so it's a minutely (laughs) slow um, database of information that could be even slower if we don't uh, worry about net neutrality. Um, But yeah, some things I do need the internet for. Like, I can't really make a program at all. I couldn't code without the internet. I'm not at that stage. But I could read, for example, um, reading ReamD was all airplane mode, where I just shut off my phone and disconnected my computer and read and took notes. All right. And that meant that I was able to get it done more effectively because there weren't as many distractions. Um, But coding, I need the internet for, but I don't need to be communicating with people. Right. Right. Like, I'm not waiting on anyone. I'm just researching and checking Stack Overflow on a bunch of different things. (laughs) And so that's a little more of a search mode. I'm researching all these different things and I need the internet for that, but I don't need the, the communication aspects, the more distracting parts of the internet to do that. Right. Um and then sometimes I do need to send an email to my professor or thank the people who gave me a scholarship or different things like that, and that's a little more I call it a la mode. I was pretty proud of that one because I wanted everything to end in mode, and a la mode is French for as is the fashion or as is popular. Gotcha. And then I have one Fourth category that I couldn't do in a white room, and it's not research, but it's also not communication. It's something that I would need to go out and do, for example, grocery shopping or recording a chunk of the vlog that I want to do out in Milwaukee, different things like that. And that's local mode. Local mode. And I found all these names by just Googling asterisk space mode and got all the things that Google thought were relevant (laughs) and ended with mode.
1: That's pretty cool. Do you have a a list for people who would like to implement this
0: themselves? Um, I think I'm still going to be tweaking it a little bit, so maybe next episode we'll check back in on that and see, but right now it's not built up enough.
1: So yeah, if you want to implement that, just let Zach be your guinea pig for two weeks and check back with us later.
0: Yeah. Uh, Also, it's currently called Modality, which I guess makes sense because it's all the different modes I'd be in, but that's kind of a weird name.
1: A little bit, yeah. It makes sense to me.
0: All right. The idea of it is that you can then get all of the things done in the most focused state they can be. Right. And do those all bunched up together.
1: It sounds like a good idea, although I don't... Because who was it that you watched the video of? Andrew Wong. And, yeah. So Andrew Wong, the way he made it sound was group all the guitar stuff together so that you're in guitar mode. But mm-hmm. you just have to be in a general internet enabled mode or not like yes. you, there's a lot of things that could fit into a la mode because yeah and, and you wouldn't be in that topic mode per se you'd just be in a general state of being connected to the internet and wanting to talk to people or something like that
0: mm-hmm. i i guess it's not a perfect one-to-one but one of the problems i know i was having was that i would get distracted because i would have notifications coming in and things like that so okay i guess yeah, the focus is.
1: If it's for distraction, sure that that will work. But it's not definitely not what Andrew Wong was talking about. And it's yeah. what not what it sounded like, at least.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. That's where the inspiration came from, though.
1: Okay. So when you're trying to avoid distractions, Zach. Yeah. Are is one of those distractions social media?
0: That's most of the distraction, honestly. <laughs> um. Social media is engineered to keep you there and clicking on things and giving them ad revenue. That's mostly what it's around for. And they rely on the different signals you give them to keep you there and keep you interested. If you like a page about Swedish Fish because you think Swedish Fish are the greatest thing ever, then they'll keep uh, surfacing different things related to Swedish Fish just because that's what you've said you're interested in. If you're friends with a lot of people who post uh, Buzzfeed videos, it'll surface Buzzfeed videos because people you know like Buzzfeed videos. So why wouldn't you?
1: Well, I mean, because I'm smarter than my friends. <laughs> Sorry, friends.
0: <laughs> but that has worked out in my favor. A lot of the things that I'm, a lot of the things that the people who I'm Facebook friends with are posting, are things that I'm not interested in. They're like tagging things tag the first person in your contacts list whose name starts with the letter T ha ha oh. <laughs> <laughs> or their buzzfeed videos or i'm friends with some pastors on facebook and so it's more religious things that like the the pastors themselves are neat dudes i'm just not interested in the religious posts um so in that way facebook does a pretty good job of keeping me off of it and I, i'm i'm glad about that <laughs>
1: Are are they doing a good job of keeping you off of it, or are they doing a bad job of keeping you on? Because that is definitely not their goal, to keep you off.
0: Yeah. Ba- bad job of keeping me on, but... The semantics,
1: I know, but, like, it's <laughs> it's a distinction that we should make. Facebook is not actively yeah. pushing Zach away from it.
0: <laughs> Specifically me. They want everyone else clicking ads, but I actually... They need to pay other people when I click on ads. It's just a weird <laughs> fluke of the system they have set up. Um, And so for a, a little while I was going through and like when somebody would start posting makeup videos that I wasn't interested in, I would say, no, thanks. There's a little button you can hit to say I'm not interested in this kind of thing. And then I realized probably two weeks ago that that's helping me, that it's good that I'm not spending a long time scrolling through Facebook because I have other things I could be doing and I'm not very much enjoying any of the things I see on Facebook, but some of them are more captivating than others, I suppose. So I figured I might be able to bring this across to other social media. Like, Instagram is one that I've been having trouble with recently. There's the normal Instagram feed, which is fine, but then next to it, there's the Explore tab. And that's where all of my time goes, because that will just keep going.
1: Hmm. Really? You and I use Instagram very differently, I
0: think. I I wish I could use it without the Explore tab.
1: Well i don't find any interest in the explore tab for whatever reason i I just don't do you know what that that reason is i i think the reason is that i the way i use instagram is to find out what my friends are doing through through video and photos and Mm -hmm. the explore tab is mostly people i'm not friends with and don't care about
0: okay all of my friends uh follow meme pages so i end up with like a little bit of Stuff in the Explore tab, oh, no. and then a lot of memes. Oh no! Uh, which, which are uh, I don't know. They're not. They're not interesting. They're not refreshing. They're not mentally stimulating in any way. But they're something. They're enough to keep me there. All right. <laughs> and and it wasn't a problem when I first got Instagram and started using it because the Explore tab was all K-pop stars. I have no clue why it was a whole bunch of K-pop stars.
1: It's your demographic, Zach.
0: Yeah, but it it wasn't. I wasn't no. interested in looking at the lives of K-pop stars. So I hit the little button that said, "Hey, I'm not interested in this. Don't show me any more of it." And then as I would scroll through, it would start showing me better results and more memes, I guess. And I would start liking the things that I found funny. And it it developed into this cycle of me feeding it more data and then coming back more because it was showing me more things that I liked. I don't want to spend all of my time on Instagram. That's not, I feel like that's not the most effective place I could be doing different things. Yeah, definitely. So now I'm going to try to lie to Instagram.
1: Oh, all right.
0: If every time I would go to like something, I instead go up and hit the I'm not interested in this button. And every time I would say I'm not interested in this, I like something.
1: (laughs) Then you're going to get a bunch of K-pop stars and then Facebook will be very confused. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's, that's the goal.
1: Facebook owns Instagram, by the way. I'm not, I didn't mix anything up
0: there. Yeah. Con- okay. Constantly confuse Facebook and your life will be better. Uh, uh Your life will be more productive, at least. I, are you trying to tell me that reading Tumblr memes on Instagram is making my life better right now, Stephen?
1: Well, I mean, it's making you happy. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it.
0: I disagree. I think it's <laughs> keeping me mildly entertained. That's what it's doing. All right. That's fair. So anyway, feed Facebook lies. And I was going to try and think of a, a nice rhyming couplet, because rhyming couplets always speak the truth, but nothing's coming. Uh, feed, feed Facebook lies. Must
1: not be the truth, then.
0: Dang. Oh, man. I, I guess I need to rethink this now if I can't... Uh,
1: feed Facebook lies, and you're in for a nice
0: surprise. There. You got it. There you go. I I don't want to be surprised, though. I want it to be what I'm <laughs> expecting, which is me to spend less time on my phone.
1: Not you, but for someone who... Isn't aware of your cunningness.
0: He's <laughs> just blindly lying to Facebook <laughs> because a rhyming couplet told them it was a good idea? Yeah, of course. All right.
1: Speaking of lying, Zach, have you ever lied to the dentist? Um,
0: one time he was. Uh, no, I, I, there's a possibility that my dentist listens, actually, so. No, definitely not.
1: <laughs> well, I know I have, and mostly about flossing. Which has never been a problem before, because I've been mostly cavity-free, except for this time. Wait,
0: Stephen. What? Are you saying you haven't been flossing? Uh,
1: yes, I am saying that. I'm sorry to any dental professionals listening. I oh, know better now. Steven. I know better now, because what happened? I, I, what happened was I have a cavity between two teeth. Ah. Yeah. So, and that is definitely due to my lack of flossing. It was just a habit I never got into, because it was unpleasant. So, here's what I'm going to do. In the future, to avoid getting cavities between my teeth, I'm going to build a habit so that this doesn't happen in the future. And to build this habit, I've made a deal with myself. If I floss once a day for 31 days in a row, the month of July, mostly, I will buy myself a license for OmniFocus Pro. Ah. If I miss a day, I have to start over. Mm-hmm. And... I'm going to see if the system works. It worked for typing, but I also wanted to type. I wanted to type in Dvorak. I bought myself a keyboard. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I wanted to type in Dvorak, so I said if you can get over 80 words per minute, I will buy myself a mechanical keyboard, and it was awesome, and I did it.
0: I think we talked about it last podcast, actually. So
1: Anyway, so I'm going to try this. I'm going to see if I can motivate myself to floss every day, and hopefully... After 31 days, there will be a habit formed.
0: Hopefully. I, I wish you luck. The, I didn't have a cavity between my teeth. That sounds so uncomfortable. I can't feel it. <laughs> um, but I I remember I started flossing when my dentist got out uh, a little pamphlet that was talking about how gum disease can lead to brain damage. <laughs> and, and that scared me into flossing right away.
1: Very nice. Uh, do you remember more specifics to try to get our listeners to all right well no clue i
0: just remember that gum disease can lead to brain damage according to a pamphlet
1: and you don't want to be stupid do you yeah see you don't want to be you don't want to have brain damage that is bad it's one thing to have bad teeth it's another one to have brain damage because then yeah it's not good all right anyway (laughs) i will report back in approximately 28 it would be yeah it would have to be
0: So I didn't get brain damage from going to the Girl Talk concert, but I probably did get hearing damage. You didn't bring your earplugs? I did bring my earplugs, actually, but there's a level of self-awareness that comes with wearing earplugs that doesn't work for dancing to a mashup DJ. (laughs) Like I am pretty sure it's physically impossible to dance to a mashup at Summerfest with earplugs in your ears
1: okay (laughs) so you're just gonna suffer
0: well it was fun it was not suffering
1: okay but cocaine is fun so i've been told (laughs) wait okay what what i'm drawing a parallel from cocaine to hearing loss
0: you're making a large jump i think that's what you're doing
1: true (laughs) Uh, okay um my point is while it's fun at the time it's generally a bad idea in the long run
0: yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's entirely true. And I d- do use the earplugs most other times. It's just at the Girl Talk concert it felt entirely out of place. All right. I I I do want to know what what are your general opinions at concerts? I oh, think we've talked about this before, but I expecting
1: cocaine. All right. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> like uh, 1 to 10 scale, where'd you rank it? Um
1: Um okay, so I enjoy concerts if they are if the band I'm seeing is having as much fun as I am, so wait. So if
0: the band is really bored and you're also really bored, do you enjoy that <laughs> concert?
1: Uh, no, I guess. Okay, so here's <laughs> here's my opinion of live music, and it's just that if the band is bored of their music, then I'm going to be bored of their music too because they're not having fun with it, and then so and they're not putting mm-hmm. enough energy into it. So because they know, like, uh, I saw. I I don't don't ask me why, but because it's a long story frankly it but i saw a ready set concert okay and the they're the guy and they're they're uh, like poppy they're poppy and like punk pop like it's like that okay do you know what i mean by that it's like pop without yeah I, the... i've heard
0: i've heard a couple ready set songs
1: yeah i'll put a link to um uh, a few to an album or something in their description to their youtube page probably i'll put it in the mm-hmm. show notes
0: isn't it just one dude actually?
1: It might be, but he had a band, so okay, I call them a band. Um, but <laughs> oh, yeah, so they—I went to their concert at the rave in Milwaukee, and Ooh. yeah. But basically, the openers played pretty much the same kind of music, and they—I had way more fun with the openers because they were people I've never heard of before, and they were trying to get heard of. And because they were mm-hmm. trying to get heard of, they were putting more effort into it. They were having fun. They were just, they were showing you how much music they could play. Yeah. And how well they could play it. And when the Ready set actually got there, everyone was pumped because of the openers, which is their job. Mm-hmm. And the Ready set was like, they played it exactly the same way as the studio version of the track. And which is... just
0: Slightly worse because it was live and yeah, you can't play it perfectly every time.
1: Exactly. They didn't... Yeah, so I had one bad experience with live music, but the openers were really awesome because I've never heard of them and they wanted to get heard of. Mm-hmm. So I think if a band is, is pumped and they're like having a good time with their music, then it will be way more fun than if they're just playing it the way that people want to hear the music played or like you go to a ready set concert expecting to hear their six good songs you know Mm -hmm. and you want to hear them the way you heard them on the studio recording
0: yeah yeah girl girl talk is it was
1: yeah i can imagine it wasn't anything like that
0: (laughs) you need to have energy yeah like if he stood up there bored and just like kind of clicked around on his laptop (laughs) <laughs> While a bunch of visualizers went off in the background and it, yeah, it would have been <laughs> awful, and I think he knows that. Um, so they had him up there and he was running around on stage and just generally pumping up the crowd he he shouted, "Who's here? are you Are you having fun, Milwaukee?" Yeah, give me a cheer uh, <laughs> A little more than I would have preferred. Because it it, it <laughs> at some point, like when you do it three times in a song, it feels kind of vain.
1: Oh, but, yeah.
0: But I suppose by the time we got halfway through it, they were all deserved cheers. Um. It just, I think, takes longer. He didn't have an opener necessarily because it's Summerfest. So there's just music happening all the time. And so some people were more into it than others at the beginning. But by about halfway through, everybody was jumping around. and Right having a good time and they did play he did play some songs from all day which is the the main album of his that i know but he also just played other pop song mashups that he's made or was making up on the spot i really don't know it was one laptop that he was clicking some buttons on
1: it's still cool yeah
0: Um, yeah um and the the they had a bunch of different screens up on the sides and behind him and in front of him and they had props and stuff and would throw balloons out and different things into the audience to kind of get make it worth your while to come there and not just sit at home calmly listening to all day
1: (laughs) and we will put a link to all day in the show notes so the other day i saw spider-man homecoming
0: okay i saw a tweet about it you seemed, I, I think I misread the tweet, but you seemed disappointed that it was a fun movie.
1: I was definitely not disappointed. I, I just couldn't at the time tell if I, if it was a good movie per se, but I had a f- lot of fun watching it. So it was a fun movie mm-hmm. and I didn't want to like mislead my followers because so that's what it, that's really what happened is that I had fun watching it. I don't really know if it was good because I had so much fun watching it. Okay. But rethinking about it and listening to reviews about it, I'm going to say that it was a good movie. Awesome. Uh, it is definitely my favorite Spider-Man movie.
0: You're not a fan of Tobey Maguire?
1: No, actually. I never really liked Tobey Maguire. But I, I appreciate his performance, but he never felt like a high schooler, I guess. He was like, what, 30? I, I... He, he must have been around then, and it just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. and but tom holland's performance who he played spider-man was awesome his reactions were exactly what you'd expect from a teenager with superpowers (laughs) yeah um and his friend whose name i don't remember was also really awesome and definitely what you'd expect from a teenager who just found out his best friend has superpowers Mm -hmm. they didn't bother with exposition there's no like explaining marvel stuff there's no explaining Spider-Man's powers. Like, they briefly mentioned that he got bit by a spider, and that's it. Was there even an Uncle Ben in this? They mentioned him, but he wasn't in there. Wow. Yep, it was just Aunt May.
0: That's a big diversion from...
1: Yeah, which I really liked, because you already know Spider-Man. Yeah. There's been so many Spider-Man movies. Yeah. There's been comics, there's been books, there's been uh, cartoons, and it's just like... that's We all know the story of Spider-Man, so why bother mm-hmm. retelling it again?
0: Would you say it's good if I've been entirely unplugged from the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a while?
1: I would not say that's good, because I think you really just need to... If if you've seen Age of Ultron, then I think you'll be alright. Okay. Civil War, maybe. I think you should probably see, just because
0: that's Spider-Man's first appearance. Should I sit down and watch from Iron Man 1 all the way through every movie to there? You don't need to, but you could.
1: All right. If you know the basic idea of Marvel, I think you'll be all right. Because they but they okay. don't they don't bother with any of that stuff either. They're not going to explain like what are the Avengers? What? Like you cuz they yeah. assume you know that too. Mm-hmm. And it actually allows them to do a lot of cool stuff by not um having some spending half of the yeah. movie on exposition. Um let's see. The there was a few things I didn't like about it. Um the fight scenes were okay, and there weren't very many of them. Well, how were his one-liners? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. I...
0: Steven, that's Spider-Man's thing.
1: Yeah, there were probably some. And the other thing I didn't like, and this is a spoiler, but a very small <laughs> one. For, but a very small one.
0: Okay. Plug your ears. Leave your earbuds in, but plug your ears. Yep.
1: <laughs> Rotate your earpods so that they're... <laughs> Pushing up into your ear, uh, so that uh, you can't actually hear anything. <laughs> okay, so don't do that.
0: I feel like it might hurt.
1: It's not that bad. It's just what naturally happens to earpods. What if they've been hanging out of your ear for too long and you have big ears that don't quite fit? Anyway, okay. Um, at the end, his character shows growth, and I'm ha- using air quotes here by making a again air quotes mature decision. Ooh, and. That's by not accepting the Iron Spider suit
0: from Tony Stark. Why does he make that? It's probably spoilers. Yeah, it
1: is. Because to show growth of his character, they chose for him to just keep the normal Spider-Man suit.
0: I don't understand why that's the mature decision, but okay. Exactly. I don't either. That's why I don't like it. Yeah,
1: that's why I don't. Oh. Yeah. And it's... It's not a bad it's not a bad ending, for sure. But it is not the one I would have gone with. I would have had him, like, be all for it. All right. That is the end of spoilers. You can put the earbuds and put them back in your actual ear canal. Okay. But yeah, overall, awesome movie. Favorite Spider-Man movie. He is a teenager, and he actually acts like he's 15. Awesome. Uh, oh, and the villain. The villain was awesome, too. Because he... This is a trailer spoiler, and if you're that hardcore... Then don't listen again. But he has a wingsuit. Like uh, he he can fly with his special suit. Like the the winged squirrel. Like he's a no. It's like a it's like a vulture. Okay. And yeah, he's like a blue collar green goblin, which is really awesome. Hmm. And he has an actual backstory that actually makes sense as a for a villain. <laughs> That's which is not common in the Marvel universe. Most of the time, it's just like I'm going to be evil for the sake of being evil. But this guy is like, he actually
0: has a reason to be evil.
1: So yeah, really good movie. There's a lot of good scenes. There's one scene specifically that is just really awesome.
0: Did did he actually like have a
1: homecoming? Yes, there was a homecoming thing. dance, but it was not. Never mind, spoilers. There was an actual homecoming okay.
0: dance, but that is not the point. Right. I'm satisfied. All right. Did he leave home and then return home?
1: yeah. at some point he has his little apartment and he comes through the fire escape because he's spider-man and all that but
0: yep crazy all right right. we're gonna move into the book club section of the podcast so if you'd like to catch up to that book we're um, at the end of day four which is page 480 in my edition um then pause it here and we'll be back on your feed in two weeks i'm online on Twitter at the puns guy and I am at not stephen berry and now we're going to talk about reemdy by neil stevenson uh going up to the end of day 4 reemdy day 4 holy cow
1: yeah a lot of stuff happened <laughs> they didn't talk at all about richard which was the first thing i noticed no.
0: As I was uh, going through the day, it was all, all of, all of it was happening. And I was just thinking, oh, at some point we're going to go back to Richard, like, in a meeting, talking (laughs) about the, the war of uh, realignment. Yep. And they didn't, and I feel like that was the right decision.
1: Probably. Although, I would have liked a little, like, uh, order in the chaos. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is happening. Oh, more stuff is happening. More and more and more. And it's just never really stopped.
0: If, if. He kind of did um, right when the tension rose in one story, like right when the bomb, uh, the grenade was about to go off, he would jump to another story. Yeah. And so I think but that would just
1: build tension more. It wouldn't, it would build your tension to know what is happening. Your. yeah. Yeah.
0: I think if he could build tension kind of almost simultaneously in a bunch of the stories and then jump to Richard, that might have been an interesting thing.
1: Huh. That would have been interesting. All right, I have a question for you, Zach. Okay. Do you feel bad for Peter?
0: Yeah. Okay. I I I very rarely feel like someone's death is justified.
1: No, I I wouldn't say justified, but like he, okay, so he, yeah, he didn't deserve to be sh- to be shot, but correct. He was almost made into a villain, actually.
0: Yeah. Uh, I again, I don't really think there are any heroes and villains in this story.
1: Uh. Okay. Fair enough.
0: Because who, who would the villain be? For a while, I thought it was Ivanov, and then he died.
1: Yeah. And now it's the Chinese authorities,
0: I guess? I mean, also the terrorists. Well, yeah, but... Usually if you need to point to a villain and there's a terrorist somewhere on that list.
1: <laughs> okay, but he also is Zula's way off of China at the moment. Which doesn't make him yeah, less but... of a villain, I understand, but... Mm-hmm. It it is something to keep in mind that he can't just go away.
0: They are, Yeah, they are temporarily working together just to get out.
1: Uh, What's his name? Jones? Yeah. Yeah. So Jones seems way more capable than the rest of the terrorists.
0: Uh, like they're all just kind of throwaway ninjas, and he's the head ninja who actually knows all the ninja moves? Yes. To make a ninja allegory?
1: <laughs> yeah, because it, it seems like... Well, when they first brought up the terrorists, it seemed like they were just a bunch of guys in a room making bombs,
0: which they pretty much were. Except Jones, except Jones,
1: who is very capable, and it just seems weird which that he's is why the only he's one. He's on the
0: top of most of the most wanted lists.
1: Yeah, but he's the only one in there that could have escaped.
0: H- Half of the men escaped.
1: Uh, right. Yeah. Never mind. I'm stupid.
0: All All of Sokolov's men died. Right. I mean, mostly because they rushed into a situation they were not ready for.
1: <laughs> to be fair, they were ready for a different situation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it It is weird that there's no, like, second in command to Jones, mm-hmm. but I also think that's what makes him so imposing, is that he's the, the ringleader of it all.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what's Zula's Chinese friend's name?
0: Uh yeah, I wrote all of their names down and sort of tried to follow their st- storylines. I shouldn't
1: it- do that. Holy crap, Yuxia, <laughs> Yuxia, yeah. So Yuxia, poor Yuxia, she didn't. She wasn't even part of this. Yeah, she was just standing on the street trying to help out some Westerners.
0: Yeah, but she also was a badass. A
1: little bit, yeah. It doesn't make her like. <laughs> she was tortured for a second there. Yeah and not even cuz of something she did she it was cuz of something they wanted zula to do mhm so that yeah, yeah that's all i really have to say about her but it's uh, somehow she is keeping it together mostly
0: yeah we're seeing everything mostly through zula's mind like we never saw peter's perspective yeah he was an incidental character um but also when she starts messing around with stuff he gets really angry um so I don't know if that the position we were just kind of told was true that Peter didn't care about living. He just wanted to help out the Russians. I think you just kind of had to accept it as true because that's what you were getting from Zula's perspective. And that's the only perspective you
1: got, yeah. That makes yeah. sense.
0: Also, why why do we need to spend time learning about first person and second person and third person and third person omniscient? When most, most books that I've read in the last while especially this one just say screw it here's third person and sometimes it follows zula and sometimes it follows sokolov and it's whatever
1: yeah um it's i think it's for writing purposes if you are starting to be a if you're starting out as a writer you would just pick one but neil stevenson is a really good writer and can Mm -hmm. effectively jump between characters in third person
0: and he does it really smoothly too yeah like, it would be someone would start to think about someone else, and then you would jump to their perspective, and it would be a, a good transition.
1: Yeah. He knows what he's doing, and, like, if you or I tried to write a book, I guess I can't speak for you, but I could not do that. I would have to just oh pick God, a no. character or be a, narr- uh, a narrator, That's not a narrative. Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, this, this book is so out of date, it thinks that computers can't play Go.
1: Well, I mean... most computers can't
0: yeah but he was he was comparing yeah i know he was saying that like it was a time before blue figured out how to play chess
1: it was a time before ai zach which is hilarious because ai AI. happened like six months ago go happened six months ago like is that is actually very recent but it seems like oh yeah computers can play go it is this
0: this was at least a year ago really i felt like it was at at least a year ago because i was still in cirrus all
1: right still Alright. But yeah, stuff happens fast in
0: Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's just kind of funny reading it and thinking, oh, actually. Yeah,
1: right. No. I had the same thought. Um, There was a brief mention of wave theory when they were on the boats, which... I don't remember that at all. And What was that? It was big boats go faster. Long boats, I should say. Oh, okay.
0: Longer boats. I know nothing about wave theory then. Enlighten me.
1: Well, okay. Uh... So, the whole speed of a boat is how fast it can travel without surfing, and surfing is skimming on top of the water. So, okay. when, you're, when you float in a boat, you're displacing water. Yeah. And because boats are in a V shape, you displace water in that shape, the V. And yeah. when you're moving, it it pushes that water that you're displacing in front of you, in a what's called a bow wave. Okay. And... As you apply more power to the boat, the boat doesn't make the bow wave go faster. It just tries to climb the bow wave. Okay. Which it can't do because the more power you make, the more power you push, it will displace more water and make the bow wave bigger. So you can't ever climb that bow wave. And that's what creates a hull speed, which is the fastest speed a boat can go without surfing, without skimming on top of the water. Hmm. And the wave will only go so fast because of the way waves work. Because a longer boat will have a longer bow wave. And longer waves are faster because, according to physics, the velocity of a wave is equal to its wavelength times its frequency. And since there is only one wave, its frequency is constant. And so okay. the only way to increase the speed of the wave is to create is to increase its wavelength, which... Makes a longer boat make a bigger or a longer wave. Okay. Uh, actually, some holes. Most power boats nowadays um, don't. They will just skim on the water and not create a bow wave. So they can actually tra- cl- they can actually um, they don't really have a hole speed. But most old boats, especially fishing boats, will have a bow wave and therefore
0: a hole speed. Mm-hmm. Are you saying? Hull? Hull. Like the yeah. the part of a boat? H-U-L-L. Okay. Gotcha. Speaking of things in this book that I have very limited knowledge of, um, along with boat terminology, uh, gun terminology.
1: Oh, like what?
0: Like, I, I kind of know what a pistol is. I can think of the shape of a pistol in my head. Right. Uh, I have vague knowledge of what an AK-47 might look like, and it took me a couple pages before I realized that an AK-47 was a Klashnikov i think
1: i actually don't know
0: i think that's what the k in ak is it's like automatic klashnikov or something all right i'll trust you on that and then even longer to realize that the ak-47 was the rifle they were referencing yeah because it was like he shot him with his pistol and then he took out his rifle and i was like that's too many guns i'm so confused yeah um, uh,
1: uh, an automatic uh, an ak-47 is an automatic rifle Okay. As far as I'm aware, because I think rifle is a pretty broad term for a long gun that shoots uh, bullets rather than shells. Uh,
0: I'm pretty sure rifle is uh, dependent on the barrel, isn't it? That the would make sense. Rifling in the barrel. Yeah,
1: but I wouldn't say a pistol is a rifle, even though it, it is rifled. Okay. But yeah, I, it probably is a rifle technically, but when they say rifle, they don't mean pistol.
0: Cool. Good to know.
1: But yeah, a rifle is different than a shotgun because shotguns, you know, they have the they spray rather than have a single yeah. shot.
0: And that's I th- I'm pretty sure the limit of my gun. Yeah. Terminology.
1: You're familiar with safeties and hammers.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I get all the mechanisms of a pistol because okay. I was a Boy Scout at one point, and that's the kind of thing you need to know, I guess.
1: I never learned that. I although I did not make it very long in Boy Scouts. <laughs> I made it to Belows, which is short for We Be Loyal Scouts, which is the year I quit. So that's kind of ironic.
0: <laughs> it's the year a lot of scouts quit, I'm pretty sure.
1: They need a rebranding. <laughs> this is the hard or year. better,
0: <laughs> better retention. <laughs> Cub Scout, Bears, what is it? I
1: don't know. But Cub Scout, Wolf Scout, uh, who cares? Yeah. It ends with Eagle. I know that.
0: But yeah, Cubs, Cub Scout is a larger uh, group for the younger scouts. So I think that's before middle school. You're a Cub Scout. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. All right. And that's year based. So the year in school you are is your like scouting pack. And past that and then once you're it's badges older. Yeah, then you need to do certain requirements anyway. Anyway. Um I I was glad that Neil Stevenson didn't have Zula go, oh Sangar, save yourself, when um Jones was holding her at gunpoint yeah <laughs> she did something clever which is good and kind of her character i suppose but
1: yeah and now i know she didn't now you know why her being familiar with guns is important which i'm glad that he established earlier in the story
0: mm-hmm. a lot of the things that he does feel like retroactive deus exes
1: mm, probably <laughs>
0: Like, oh man, it'd be super convenient for the story if Zula had a knowledge of guns. What's... Time to rewrite the entire first two chapters.
1: Yeah. But there's also a possibility that he was like, what's, well, okay, so one of my favorite books, The Martian by Andy Weir, mm-hmm. Yeah, the way he wrote the book was in blog posts where he would find a solution to last week's problem without being able to rewrite the previous story. Mm-hmm. So there's also a possibility that he did that, and he just wanted Zula's character to be familiar with guns because she lived in the Midwest, and etc. Zula's Russian friend? I forget his name. Songor? The hacker? No. The one that's working with uh, Olivia. Sokolov. Yeah, Sokolov. Sokolov. Yeah. So, so- I don't know how much they're friends Well, okay. at all. The, here's the thing. Is he cares about her so freaking much, and it's weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's a little bit a part of the chivalry aspect I mean, maybe. that they're trying to reinforce. But he's also like, he he's also the
1: commando, like, I'm going to survive this if it kills me. Um, And <laughs> he should not be worrying about Zula because he is not even around her anymore. Or he wasn't. Yeah. But he was still thinking about her and like trying to make sure she's all right. Yeah. So I'm just, it's... I'm wondering what his motivation behind that is.
0: I think the only one that's sort of mentioned is that chivalry being a good gentleman one.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: Like Songar is given one. It's that he is in love with this girl that he met three days ago. (laughs) Uh, But but Sokolov really doesn't besides respect and chivalry and those kinds of things. All right. That was my last note. All right. This chapter was a whole bunch of adrenaline-filled decisions of, like, especially Yuxia driving into the taxi. Right. (laughs) Uh, That I, like, it was a bunch of adrenaline-filled decisions that they were making that I couldn't fully appreciate lying on my bed reading. Speaking of which, I read this all in one night, which is why my notes are kind of sparse. Also, uh, it it helped doing the airplane mode thing, because I would not have gotten this all read did influence my sleep. This darn podcast, it's no good for me. It's influencing my sleep. I got to bed an hour late because I had to stay up reading this. It's my own fault. I just decided I could read 200 pages in a night. I couldn't. I mean, I could. I did. I couldn't responsibly.
1: Also, oh, that was something I wanted to ask you about. Do you think a single Ethernet cable is strong enough to hold a 200-some-pound man?
0: Wasn't he using it as a foothold? Like, he had his hands on something already?
1: What I remember was... He was going hand-over-hand hand across a bundle of cables.
0: Oh, right? okay, that one. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about when he got back to the safe house. Um, yeah, no.
1: When he was hand-over-handing down a ca- bundle of cables, lost his grip, and had to grab onto a single blue Ethernet cable.
0: I think his l- one hand was still on the bundle, though, right?
1: I don't know. Because I I was just thinking about it and thinking, whatever that's connected to... Would have definitely pulled out, or or would have broken, or would have the plastic bit would have broken.
0: Yeah, one one cheap blue Ethernet cable from some hackers in China would not be able to hold a two hundred pound person what? with all of his weight.
1: Right. All right.
0: So I I don't think that that's what it was. I don't exactly remember.
1: Yeah, I I probably don't remember all the details either. But it was something that I was like, Hey, wait a minute. No, Neil Stevenson, you've done so much good. This is not. <laughs>
0: I thought you were talking about when he jumped up into the ceiling with the ethernet cable.
1: Yeah, that I remember him using just as a little bit of extra. Yeah.
0: All right, we'll be back in two weeks talking about uh, day five and six. Uh, We're reading up to the end of day six, which is page 576. In the meantime, if you would like to talk to us about the book or about our horribly inaccurate readings of everything neil stevenson has written or commend us for how wonderfully we interpret it then uh, you can reach us on twitter that's it that's all we got come back
1: next week next two weeks come back when the next episode comes out don't come back any earlier than that unless you want to comment or rate us or something weird like that yep bye goodbye goodbye